This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is Bunny Michael. When you approach your life from the consciousness of your higher self, then knowing how worthy you are, every aspect of your life begins to change. Your relationships, your career, your self-care, your body image, everything. Because this is the process of unlearning the conditioning of our culture that raised us to believe we have to prove ourselves to belong. True success starts with knowing how much you deserve. Following your higher self is an awakening process and it's no easy feat. But as you will hear from the callers on this podcast, our paths might look different, but our journey is the same. Welcome to EXO Higher Self. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 99. This is Bunny. Thank you so much for being here. I hope that you've had an awesome week. I hope that you took care of yourself. I hope that you got the things done that you wanted to get done. And if you didn't get them done, you were really nice to yourself about it because, you know, shame is not a sustainable source of inner growth. We all know that. We talk about that a lot on this podcast. I had a really good week. I actually taught my very first two hour long online class. I've done online classes before, workshops and stuff like that, but I've never done a two-hour one. This was with this organization called the Rec Center, and they are an awesome organization, a community. They do a bunch of online classes with all sorts of educators and teachers and creators about all kinds of things in terms of wellness and creativity and authenticity and acceptance. It's just an amazing, amazing group of people. And when I committed to doing this class, it was probably a year ago. So there was a lot of anticipation about this experience. The class was how to hire self your creativity. So I went through all the LHBs about creativity and how to access your higher self and how to have a sustained creative practice. And I was really thinking about y'all because I thought, oh, I have to tell the story because before the class started, I was getting really nervous. I was getting really insecure. I was thinking to myself, who am I to teach this class? What if I make a mistake? What if I say the wrong thing? This is like two hours long. I'm going to be talking for two hours. What if they get bored? What if they feel like it was a waste of their money or a waste of their time? And all of those sorts of thoughts. And then I remembered how our higher self lens is really seeing beyond that hierarchy, right? It's really seeing beyond that lens of somebody being here and somebody being above. And we're constantly fluctuating 
between us being below and above when we are in that mind frame. And when you're put into a position, say, teaching a class or being a manager at your job or posting a podcast or, you know, any kind of leadership position, it's just as important for you to see past that hierarchical lens than it is if you were trying to not feel lower than somebody else in that status perspective. What I'm saying is that how I got myself out of that insecure place was remembering that the people who are taking this class are just like me. We're the same. We're learning from each other. We're all learning from this experience. I'm learning from them. They're learning from me. And there is no hierarchy. There is no status. I might have a different role to play in this interaction, but everybody is a teacher and everybody is a student and everything we experience is an opportunity to see the higher self in each other, see our higher selves. And when I remembered that, I felt so relieved because I had been trying to figure out how I was going to put myself pump myself up to be on this pedestal, right? This person who knows something or this person who can help these people. And that's what was making me feel so uncomfortable because the truth of the matter is I also still need help. All of the things that I'm talking about in this class, I still struggle with too. And so when I remembered that truth, when I remembered we were all in the same boat, actually, we're all just trying to get through this, it helped me so much to do the class. And it got my ego out of the situation. I ended up having a really great time and connecting. And it was a really, really beautiful experience. So I thought I would share that with y'all because I think a lot of times we talk about looking through this hierarchy when we feel like we're below people. We don't often talk about it in terms of when we're put in a position that society says is some level of status and how to transform that space to be one of equanimity, um, mutual humility, love, support, and understand that we're all learning from each other. So yeah, it was really, really great. Also, another thing that happened was I recorded our very first bunny at home bonus episode. So for the Patreon subscribers and Apple subscribers, we're doing a new series of bonus episodes called bunny at home. So I'm like video recording myself at the house, talking, answering Patreon and Apple subscriber questions, and just being a little bit more like lead back behind the scenes. And it was really funny because when I was recording it, Somebody rang the doorbell and it was like two Jehovah's Witnesses, which, you know, was an interesting experience. And anyway, so I had to stop the video. It was just one of those things that was just like, okay, this is like really how it goes. This is really what it's like to be recording um, a podcast from your house. And my dog made a little cameo. And next bonus episode... Kara, my spouse, is going to be on it. We're going to be talking about like relationship stuff. I'm still going to be answering some questions. So it's going to be really, really really fun. So if you're interested in those bonus episodes, don't forget to sign up for our Patreon at patreon.com, exohireself. 
and become an Apple subscriber. If you are a Patreon subscriber, though, and you're an Angels Patreon subscriber, you will be able to access the video recording of all of the bonus episodes, which is really fun. You know, I think it's really like a whole different experience to be watching it on video. I like watching podcast episodes that are recorded on video. One of my favorites to watch is this really nerdy podcast called the Astrology Podcast. Um, Chris Brennan is the host and it's like nerd out three hour long or two hour long episodes of like astrology stuff. And I learned so much, but I really, I, I pay, I follow their Patreon because I like to see their faces when they're talking. It helps me I don't know, retain the information more. I mean, it helps me feel like I'm part of it. So that was part of the inspiration of us doing this video at home stuff and the idea of shooting it at our house and having the video. So yeah, check those out if that's something you're interested in. And let's get to the questions. The following question is from an email. Hi, Bunny. My question is whether or not I should come off a medication I've been on for four years now. I know it's a lot to ask someone I don't know and doesn't know me to give medical advice, but more specifically, I suppose I'm asking if it should be the right time to come off now or any advice or wisdom you can give me. Today, I'm 10 months sober, driving, applying to study, and have a new part-time job. I have weekly horse therapy, mentor sessions, and I see a psychotherapist to work through my healing past. A few months ago, I halved my dose in a regrettably unmonitored attempt to be SSRI antidepressant free, which after weeks of nightmares, headaches, mood swings, and dread, I actually felt better. Now I'm trying to go the extra mile and come off completely. My plan is more structured now. It's more of a tapering than a withdrawal, but I know I'm gonna hit those lows again. I have a GP on hand as well as my other support. So on that side of things, I'm good. But I wonder if because I'm on medication, I'm not myself, which is a main reason I wanna come off. Spirituality is important to me. I meditate for an hour every day. I practice self-compassion and I'm extremely in touch with my dreams. So I wonder if coming off medication will help me feel more connected. I don't feel shame in having medication and nobody should. I was misdiagnosed a lot before realizing I was autistic, which may have resulted in me being put on medication I didn't need if I had the right therapy years ago. I'm scared going into this, but I feel like I need to. I guess it's just scary. And is there a right time to do something like coming off medication? My medication is blocking me spiritually, but the apathy and numbness that comes with being medicated is in a way something that keeps me safe. It's a bit of a catch 22. I don't wanna feel empty anymore. And I'm tired all the time from the side effects and the unknown of what it will be like without terrifies me. But if I continue to feel this numbness, I'm just getting more depressed and I don't know how I'll face life's challenges without that numbness there to protect me. But who bloody knows, I could be fine. I've come so far already. Even just some advice on how I get through my life while going through this. I do a lot of self-care, but I take your advice much to heart. Also, congratulations on teaming with the network. All the best and thank you. Hi, sweetheart. Well, you're absolutely right. I'm not a medical health professional. I would never claim to know whether or not you should be on antidepressants or off antidepressants. That is not my place. 
And I definitely feel like that's a decision that you need to make collaborating with your psychologist, your psychiatrist, your doctor. It's not something that you need to be doing on your own. And it's something that needs to be monitored with a professional and and all of that stuff. But I do feel like I can help in another way, which is this idea that when you're on your antidepressants, you're less spiritual or you're less connected to your higher self. Because I totally understand that perspective. I'm somebody who has been diagnosed with major depressive disorder. I've had mental health struggles since I was a teenager. When I was a teenager, I was put into a mental health inpatient program. I've been part of the medical world, prescribed different stuff, (laughs) different types of pills, all of that kind of thing. So I definitely know what that's like. I also really know what it's like to take an alternative route, to do other healing modalities, including meditation, plant medicines, um, spiritual books, experiences, all types of healing. So I definitely feel like I've experienced a wide range of tools to help me cope and manage my chronic depression. And one of the most important things that I learned from that is our journey in our mental health struggles is completely separate from the consciousness of our higher self and our spirituality. Our spiritual journey is not the same thing as the ups and downs of how our brains are processing our trauma, how our nervous nervous system holds trauma within our body, how our depression causes emotions that sometimes seem uncontrollable and are triggered or how we're overstimulated by the world or how we're reacting to what's happening or the patterns that our minds are stuck in, in terms of reacting to our triggers because of things we've been through. All of that stuff is the physiological things that our mental health struggles put us through. It's the things that we have to learn how to manage and cope with and have different tools in order to get through those moments and to bring more stability and more support into our lives. And as very important as that part of our life is, it is not the wholeness of who we are. Our higher selves and our spirit is the awareness of all of that stuff. It's the compassion that gets us through the ups and downs of life. We've all been dealt different cards when it comes to our personal experiences. We all have different types of difficulties, whether that is a mental health struggle, whether that's a physical health struggle, whether it is an environmental struggle. You know, we've all have things in our life that are hard, but that doesn't change the fact that our higher selves know that no matter what we're going through, no matter what we struggle with, that we are whole, that we are loved, that we matter, that there's nothing wrong with us. And that's part of the issue that is so difficult when it comes to the way people see mental health struggles. You know, there because there's been so much stigma about mental illness, 
because not a lot of people talk about it because it's still so misunderstood or still still so much of a mystery of how our brains work and how our nervous system works. There is no test out there where you can just take a test and they can tell you exactly what's wrong and exactly what type of dose or what type of medication will help. It's so much trial and error. And because of that, a lot of times we internalize that as there being something wrong with us when really our brains and our bodies are really just trying to protect us, to keep us safe and get stuck in certain loops. And and there's a lot of things going on that we really don't understand about the vastness of our anatomy and how and how this body really works and how it stores information, how it processes it, right? There's a lot of things going on on that surface level. But our higher self and our spirit is something that is always underneath it all. And it's this inner knowing, this inner truth this inner wisdom that is way beyond the physicality of our physiological experiences. It's way beyond the ups and downs of our thoughts and our emotions. It is the awareness of all of it and is the compassion that gets us through it that reminds us, okay, I'm struggling right now but I know this is temporary. Okay, I'm struggling right now, but I know that doesn't mean there's anything wrong with me. And when I'm saying that to you and when you're listening to that, I know it's hitting you in your heart and why it's hitting in your heart is because your higher self knows it's true. It's because we all need to hear it. It's because it's all true. And it hits us on this very deep level of truth that is beyond the circumstances of our mental health struggles or the chaos of this world or the ups and downs of our relationship or the unknowns of our career and all of the things that life and being human presents us with, all of the challenges of being human. That's one level of who you are, but your spirituality, your higher self is so much deeper than that. And so when you make decisions about your mental health, about whether or not you should be on medication or try not being on medication. They have to come from a place where you know no matter what, you're enough and there's nothing wrong with you and that you deserve all the tools and support that's out there in order for you to manage being alive, <laughs> being human. And yes, it can feel like medication prevents you from connecting to that deeper part of you, but on a very real level, so does depression, right? So does being stuck in the loops that our brains put us through that we sometimes have really difficulty getting out of. The whole point is no matter what's going on on that level, on a very inner level, you're so connected. There's nothing that can change that. Your spirit is so strong. So I really encourage you to explore 
your instincts on this. If you feel like this is something that you want to look into stopping, I definitely feel like you should listen to yourself, listen to what your instinct is telling you. And I also feel like if it doesn't end up being what you expect, or maybe it doesn't work out the way that you hoped, that makes no difference in terms of how connected you are to your higher self. Whether you're on medication or not, you are you. You are you. And you're so loved. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The following question is from an email. Hey, Benny. I'm currently in a really vulnerable state after setting multiple boundaries with a person and having them violated over and over again. I met this guy this summer and at first things seemed very promising in a romantic sense. We went on a couple of dates, but then it felt like things were moving too fast and I started to notice a lot of red flags. Because of this, I tried to ignore his texts and ghost him, but he kept texting for weeks after that. At some point, I just had to tell him the truth, that I wasn't interested and I needed him to respect my space. This didn't register and kept texting me saying that he needed me, which was very off-putting. At some point, he tried to call me at work, so I blocked his number as a last resort. A week later, he accosted me at my home. He showed up uninvited, claiming that he just wanted to check to see if I was okay, which gave me a really unsafe feeling, and I told him he needed to leave. I unblocked the number to express how not okay this action was and how disappointed I was that he was unable to respect my boundaries. This is not the first time my boundaries have been disrespected in this way, and I feel incredibly unsafe around men. I have never had a relationship with a man where I have felt safe, and it feels like I never will now. This has left me with a lot of feelings to unpack. And I guess what I would like to ask you is how can I access my inner guides in order to create a better sense of safety and open my heart to forgiveness? How do I deal with the feelings that no matter how many boundaries I set, it doesn't matter because people and especially men aren't going to be respectful of them. Any insights you have on this matter I'd be truly grateful for. Hi, love. I'm so sorry that you had to go through this. It's so annoying and unfair and unfortunately is very common because we live in a world that is largely unhealed, very toxically masculine. This type of behavior 
happens a lot. And it doesn't mean that you deserve it. It doesn't mean that you're doing something to attract it either. It just means that we live in a world where a lot of this stuff happens and it's not cool. But the worst thing that we can do in this situation is allow that other person's toxic behavior to change our outlook on humanity. The hardest thing that happens when we're in a situation where we've been mistreated, right? Or we've been abused or we've been in like a really unhealthy relationship or we've been lied to or betrayed is that we can sometimes take on that person's stuff in terms of seeing the world the way that they see it. And that's some of the like hardest things that we have to get over in terms of our healing journey. We have to realize that just because they live in that world doesn't mean we have to. Just because they have a dark perspective on love or a very unhealed way of respecting people's boundaries does not mean that we now assume that other, all other men feel that way. Because all that does is make us feel bad. And it's also not true. It is not true, right? Part of this process of connecting with our higher self is not only to recognize the higher self in us, but also to recognize the higher self in other people. And there's so many people in this world who are loving, caring, honest, trustworthy. And just because we've had shitty relationships, which I can guarantee you probably 90% of the people listening to this podcast have had shitty relationships, have been mistreated in their life. Just because that's been our experience does not mean that that's going to continue to be our experience. It does not mean that we're not going to find somebody who treats us right. And the most important thing for us to do for ourselves is to not buy in to their reality and think that their reality has to be our reality. And I get the feeling of when you're hurt by the patriarchy or by toxic masculinity that you have to heal. And as part of that healing process is like acknowledging that for now, it seems like all men are scary to you or all men could potentially hurt you. And it feels very like all men this. It's kind of like when you have an experience of racism with a white person, right? And in the aftermath, you can't, all you see from white people is racism. And you're kind of like, and, and that's part of the pain. Like that's part of the grief. That's part of the wound from having those experiences is then you're afraid and your, your mind is trying to protect yourself, right? Because you don't want to have to go through it again. And so it's on this fear alert. And so you're afraid of all men, right? That's very understandable. And that's part of the aftermath of having a trauma like that, because this is traumatic. When you feel unsafe from a person, like that is a traumatic experience. And so you feeling bad right now and things feeling hard and you feeling pessimistic about men is a very natural, understandable response, but it's not the full story. 
and it's temporary. You are a beautiful being, a beautiful person. As difficult as this experience is, it's also teaching you a very valuable lesson. Once there's one red flag, one red flag is enough. It doesn't have to be multiple red flags before we walk away. And if boundaries are something that is number one on your list, this is something that you can totally talk about in the beginning and trust your instincts on that. But there is only so much we control about other people's behavior. But what we can control is our capacity to enjoy our lives, to see the love in the world, despite the fact that there's so many people out there who are tragically very misguided. Don't let other people's darkness diminish your light. It's too bright. It's too bright. You're too beautiful. I'm sending you so much love. Hi, Bunny. I hope you're well. So my question is about relationships, specifically why I get the ick after about three or four months of being with them. It's like all the love chemicals my head's created, and my, like my brain's created, all the love chemicals have worn off, and I am now seeing the person for what they really are, and I don't like it. It's like I just get repulsed. Like I say, I get the ick, I get cringed out. I don't know why this happens really. I don't know how. I feel like I don't know how to love another person romantically, unconditionally. I mean, I have before when I was very young, um, but that's been like 10 to 12 years ago. Um, I didn't really get the ache with them, um, but I just find it so hard to date someone who I can be with for a long time. Um, I don't really know why it happens. I just get repulsed by them don't want to come near me in, in a romantic way um i just yeah i just want it to stop because i've been with nice people and then i've thrown it away because i just don't like them romantically anymore i mean i have got trauma issues regarding the relationship and my, and my father um and being sexually abused by a man uh, a few, like, well, men, not just one. Um, and my father was quite abusive to me and his, he would love bomb me and take it away unpredictably, so I never felt really stable and loved and whatever. I'm wondering if it has anything to do with trauma, um, but I just really want some insight, hopefully from a higher self place, because I just want this to stop happening and I'd like to actually settle down with somebody be fully committed but feel unconditional love you know um i just don't want to have a keep having to go through the motions of actually falling in love and then having it all taken away from me because i don't know what happens i just get so repulsed and get the ick and i just don't want to keep going through it it's really exhausting finding these people talking to them Spending time sharing your life eventually and it's just, yeah. I moved in with someone recently and it lasted for eight months but I got the ick around the four or five month mark. But I just assumed it was my problem. Anyway, I really appreciate it. Thank you. 
Hi, my love. Well, one thing that came up for me when I was listening to your voice memo was something that Marianne Williamson actually said during one of her talks that I went to, and this was about relationships. And if you don't know who Marianne Williamson is, she's like a spiritual teacher. She A lot of her work is based on this book called The Course in Miracles, which is something that I've used in my spiritual practice. Anywho, but this was like a perspective that when I heard it, I was like, whoa, that is so real. And it was talking about how when we first meet somebody, they call it like the honeymoon phase, right? The first like few months or a few weeks or whatever. And, and that person is just like perfect in our eyes. And then the honeymoon phase is over and then it's like, oh, reality sets in, right? Now we really see them. They, we really see who they are. And Marianne Williamson was saying that actually it's the reverse. When we first meet somebody, we see them as their own person. We see them as who they are as an individual, not connected to us, not connected to our past. And then the more time we spend with them, we actually start projecting our stuff onto that person. That's when our stuff comes to the surface. That's when our issues show up and when we start putting that stuff on them. And that's why we're no longer seeing their higher self. When you first meet somebody and you see them and they're like, oh, wow, you see their higher self. You see like them shining. You see like their beauty, their their intelligence, all the ways that they're different than you. And that's what you, attracts you to them. And then when you spend more time with them, you see them more as a role or a person that is supposed to make you happy or doesn't make you happy or is failing at fulfilling you now, is failing at giving you that feeling anymore. And then they're not good enough anymore. So we start projecting stuff on our relationship after some time when we start to get cozy enough to do that. And so when you bring up that around this time is when you get that ick feeling, I think that, you know, it's okay to have that ick feeling. It's okay to feel like you don't want to be in a relationship with somebody anymore, but you said this is like a pattern, this always happens. So that makes me feel like what the ick feeling is actually coming up is that that trigger, that trigger of your past, that that feeling of vulnerability, that feeling of depending on that person or creating a domestic life with that person, which reminds you of the trauma that you've been through with your, with your father and all of those experiences. Um, because they start to mirror. And a lot of times what happens in our personal relationships, our personal relationships, romantic relationship dynamics, those triggers of our relationship with our parents comes out in those relationships, right? So like when we get in an argument with our partner and we're unconscious about it, they've triggered some childhood issue, but we're not necessarily aware at the time. We just know that we're mad at them. And it has a lot less to do with that person than it has to do with our stuff, our unhealed stuff. I do think, and I also know that this was is your instinct as well, that there is that connection with the trauma you've been through. And the only real way for you to get a little bit more understanding of how that might be showing up in your romantic relationships or creating a block from you being able to feel good in a romantic relationship after a certain amount of time is to 
try to get a deeper understanding of the experience you've gone through. And I don't know if you've been in therapy or if you are interested in going into therapy, but I know that that always helps to process those experiences to kind of understand how they've affected the patterns that you have now, because this isn't something that can just be figured out in a, in an advice podcast, right? And, and me talking to you for a few minutes, this is like deep stuff. This is like really, really important stuff and deserving of the time, the space, the energy, the support that you need in order to help you heal those wounds and to help you process and, and see how it is affecting you. And I also want to say something about unconditional love, because I think that is a term that is like a lot of times misused because we think unconditional love means that no matter what they do, we're still going to love them. But it doesn't mean that. It, unconditional love, what it means is that you are willing to see the love in every situation, which also means you are willing to see where love is lacking. So if you're in a relationship where you're not getting the love or you're not feeling the love, it's still a very loving thing to do to walk away, to end it, right? So the unconditional part really is being willing to follow where love is guiding you to do and being able to distinguish that from fear. So no, we shouldn't always stay in relationships where we're unhappy or where we have that icky feeling. You absolutely shouldn't be in a relationship unless you want to be in the relationship. But like you said, something deeper might be going on. And when we reach that point in the domestic life of romantic partners, that's when our family stuff comes up. That's when our unhealed wounds get triggered. That's when we start to project onto the other person. And that happens a lot. It happens to everybody. And that's also why relationships can be so healing because they're like a mirror to the things that you have not really wanted to look at or things that are icky, right? And you have a choice to either really investigate this and see this as fully that person's problem or to go a little bit deeper and say, okay, Obviously, this is a pattern. So obviously, this has something to do with me as well. And what is that? And you are absolutely deserving of having to figure that out, to heal that, to investigate that. And a lot of times that's not easy to do in a relationship. So maybe your icky feeling is also your higher self saying, okay, before you go into this, you need to figure some stuff out. So it's not like you're making any wrong choices here, right? Our healing journey is an organic process. It happens when it happens. We're ready when we're ready. We're not always ready to delve into our childhood trauma, especially if we feel like we've kind of understood it like at one point of our lives. Sometimes it still affects us later in life in ways that we weren't expecting. Like sometimes we think we're over an issue and then we reach a higher level of healing of it, a higher, at, at a higher state of consciousness. And, you know, it's like that spiral cliche where healing is like an upward spiral, not like a straight line up. 
like, because you come back and you reach the same issues, but you're reaching them at like a deeper level, a higher level of consciousness, a deeper healing. So we return to this stuff, right? And every circumstance is part of your curriculum and how to accept yourself more, how to understand that you deserve love, you deserve care, you deserve relationships that feel good. You deserve to be with people that you really want to be with, right? And so so much of what goes on in our intimate relationships have to do with us. It's not always just about that other person. So I definitely would encourage you to talk to somebody, talk to a therapist, a counselor, work on this stuff. You know, I know it's not easy, but at the same time, it's also not easy having it unconsciously affecting your life, right? It's way better to bring more consciousness and awareness to that stuff. And we all have it. We all have all our childhood things affecting our lives now. It's not about like it not affecting it anymore in any way. It's just bringing awareness around it so we know what our stuff is. That's it. That's all it is. It's just being like, okay, this is where I struggle. This is where things are hard for me. This is where I feel scared. This is where I feel vulnerable. This is this at this stage my instinct is to walk away, right? So it's just bringing that stuff to our awareness so that we can make more conscious choices, choices that really reflect what we want and what we deserve. You got this. Well, that wraps up this week's episode. Thank you to everybody who's sending in questions. Don't forget to keep sending them in. We need your questions. We need your voices, your vulnerability. It's helping so much, so many of us. And thank you to everybody who has been sharing what they're going through. It's such a gift and it's so, so appreciated. All right, loves, don't forget, you can access ad-free episodes and bonus episodes when you sign up as an Apple subscriber or on our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash XOI yourself. Take care of yourselves. This is just about building more awareness. This isn't about fixing us. We don't need to be fixed. We're just understanding ourselves more so we can make more conscious choices so we can have a little bit more joy and peace in our lives. That's it. It's not about finding something wrong with us. And we're all on this journey together. You're not alone. I'm right there with you. All right. I love you so much. And so does your higher self. I'll see you all next week. Bye.